0: i know i can lead men i know i know the game of football and i'm passionate about it i spent 14 years in a locker room i went to the playoffs 12 times i got five dudes in the hall of fame that play with you don't think i've seen greatness
1: welcome back to one percent better this is zach Kiefer, joined by james Boyd. yesterday, the Colts lost in a very similar fashion to the Philadelphia Eagles. Really good team, came into Lucas Oil Stadium. I thought the Colts should have won by double digits. I had the same feelings walking out of that stadium as I did about a month ago when they played the Washington Commanders. Very similar game. Defense got it done for the most part. Offense couldn't get it done. Defense gave up a late game drive to end it. James, Two weeks into the Jeff Saturday experiment, the Colts are four, six, and one on the season. It felt like some life left this team yesterday. That was my takeaway late in the locker room, talking to some of these veterans who are hurting, but also realize that this season has slipped away. What was your takeaway from yesterday?
2: Yeah, there's n- not too much more of the we got all this time left talk because yeah, or less of that yesterday. Yeah, th- they're all having to face reality and realizing that this season is going down the drain and i think the one weird part about it is like they could still win a couple games this year but then it doesn't really do anything for you or your franchise so they're in this no man's land of like of course the players are never going to go out there and try to lose but as a franchise it doesn't help you much to win anymore so i think the biggest takeaway out you know give is you can't, and I I saw so much of this on social media and a little bit just throughout our, I guess, our media is like, you can't give Jeff Saturday credit for beating a bad Raiders team and then also turn around and give him credit and say, oh, well, they 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 if, if this was Frank Reich, they would have got blown out or something like that. A loss is a loss. It doesn't matter, um, at least in my opinion. So I think that as much energy as you give to him for a win, you have to give that same energy back for losing the same way. And it's not his fault. I'll point that out. Like it's not his fault. It's not Parks Fraser's fault. It's just a flawed team. And you wrote about that. Maybe you can expand more on it, but I, I mean, expand. We all we already know what the issues are like can't block. You can't score. You can't win. And I felt like I was writing the same story and we talked about it after the game, like me and you and Bob, it's like, how do we all write three stories that are going to overlap because we all know the same issues keep occurring because this is the same team, no matter who the coach is, who the quarterback is, um, who the play caller is. It's the same team.
1: Yeah, that's well said. You know, and that's just sort of what I wrote is, is they, this team took some drastic measures in the middle of a season, things they've never done before. Right. I mean, early October through last week was unprecedented for this team. They changed the head coach. They take, they changed the offensive coordinator. They changed the starting quarterback twice they changed the play caller. They traded a running back. Those are all things they did to get better in the short term, right? Panic moves in a sense. But at this league, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can't do these things. If you can't protect your quarterback, if you can't rush the passer when you need to, and if you can't score in the red zone, you're going to lose a lot of games like the Colts have won this, lost this year. And that's where they're at. That's who they are. And I think it was really obvious to me staying in the locker room late yesterday and seeing DeForest Buckner, who for a while didn't even move. He was just staring at the ground. And Stephon Gilmore was much of the same. And Kenny Moore was one of the last guys in there. And I know you were in the locker room as well, James. Like these guys care, man. Like this is hard for them because, especially those guys on defense. And you've written this 50 times. (laughs) Like. I know the defense gave up the game winning drive at the end, and I know that Jalen's Jalen Hurts, you know, had the C's parted and he ran right in the end zone. But at what point does the defense just say, man, like we did our job this year? They're sixth in EPA on defense without their best player in Shaq Leonard, without their turnover machine. And the shame of it is. The Colts' flaws are fatal, and that's what I wrote. Like, their flaw at left tackle is a fatal flaw this season. Yeah, it is. And right guard, and and Kravitz was joking about this, but how many times has a season been undone, been sabotaged by a left tackle and a right guard? But it really feels like this one has, and they're not going to overcome that. And I'm not blaming Jeff Saturday for one minute about this, and I'm not blaming Parks Frazier either Because they walked into this situation and there's no miracle fix. There's no magic touch that they can have. It's great that they went to Las Vegas and beat a mess of a Las Vegas Raiders team. Great. That was fun. They won in the last second. Those guys deserve that. They haven't quit. But when you play a team like the Eagles and you do everything right for most of the game to put yourself in a position to win, and then you miss a kick, and then you can't protect, and then you can't finish from the five-yard line, for God's sakes— after a great play call and a great catch from Paris Campbell, that's who you are. And that's what this season's been about. I think the biggest regret is they have a lot of talent on this team and they've done a lot of good things this year, but all of it will be undone because of these fatal flaws that they have. And those were mistakes that were made in the off season.
2: Yes. And again, to clarify, you know, like I said, you can't give, at least in my opinion, I I feel like you couldn't give too much praise to Jeff Saturday for the win. And you can't, you know, Turn around and say, "Hey, well, we yeah. played better." It's like, no, this like, is still
1: the Colts. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah,
2: I, I do think that more or less the outcome would have been the same. Um, now you can talk about point spreads and stuff like that, but a win against the Raiders is always going to be possible no matter the coach. A loss against the Eagles is probably always going to be inevitable no matter the coach. What stings differently though, and what I talked to Zaire Franklin about was this time was different because they weren't trying to claw their way back; they were winning the entire time and so that to me feels probably heavier. It's like, man, like we can't do this. We 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 really we really cannot find a way to win these close ones. And here's my stat of the season, you know. They have 6 games with one touchdown or less. 6 out of 11.
1: That's everything. That is And they're 1 in 5 in those games. That's 1 in 5 in those games.
2: Season. The one win was the 12-9 barn burner or whatever you call it <laughs> that we witnessed that in Denver. A,
1: that was a complete anomaly. We knew and, it that night.
2: And guess who's – the the Colts are the second worst offense in the league, and then guess who has the worst? The Broncos, who are 3-7. and seven. And so, obviously, if you don't score points, you can't win. And it felt like – and Paris Campbell's probably one of the most honest guys in the locker I'm not saying any of the other guys are dishonest, but he's just more open about it. He's like, man – we just got to get six. We keep getting three. He's like, he's like field goals are going to win some games in this league, but he's like, they're not going to win very many. And that's an honest answer. Like, yes, a field goal, like at the end, you know, if you're just trying to tack on an extra point or something like that, or extra few points to to get a walk-off win, yes, field goals are huge in this league. But he's trying to win consistently by just chipping field goals. It's not, and we felt like, you know, actually you were sitting next to me, we were talking about it. They get down to the five and it's like, all right, like they, they punch it in here. They, yeah. they probably, they're probably walking out of here with one of the biggest wins of the season, you know, probably yeah. the biggest one of the season. Then they have in the circumstances. Wins over
1: the chiefs and the Eagles, which exactly about zero sense. but th- let's go back to that. Right. That's when I thought the Colts were going to win this game. Talk to Alec Pierce afterward. He's like, what do we end up with? 16 points. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, that's asking too much of the defense. we got to score more points. I'm like, Alec, how many times have you told me that this season? He's like, a lot. So they get down to the five. I thought it was a great play call. It was a great catch by Paris. They get down to the five, first and goal. They score a touchdown there. It's a two-score game with five minutes left. That's pretty much ball game. You don't want to say it's it's over in this league, but that's pretty much ball game. That's what Jeff Saturday was thinking. They ran JT. He got no yards. They threw it, they got nothing. The line, the interior of the line just just got owned. I mean, the, the Eagles signed guys off the street last week. And these Literally, are guys, yeah. Linval Joseph and Indama Sioux, whose reputation precedes them. They're very good players. They're not just mm-hmm. random guys you pick up off the street, but the fact that they were able to do this in three days and play and have that kind of impact, that's alarming. And that speaks to the bigger problem. The Colts have everything. It's just crazy how everything goes back to this offensive line, in my opinion. And and they got nothing on those first two downs. And what happened on third down? They lost 14 yards because Bernard Raymond got beat by Hassan Reddick on the edge. And they they force, you know, they're forced to take a field goal and they're forced to leave the door open. And what do good teams do? They step right through that door. And I wrote about DeForest Buckner and what he said about the last play, the touchdown run from Jalen Hurts. But to go back to the Colts issues I've never seen a season sabotaged this badly by offensive line play. And I've covered some bad offensive lines before in my time, but this team has no chance. JT has nowhere to go. And it's not like they don't have talent on offense. Like it's not like Paris Campbell hasn't taken a step forward. And Alec Pierce has shown something and Pittman and JT looked like JT for parts of yesterday, but Matt Ryan didn't really have a whole lot to work with in terms of time. And they're trying to throw the ball quick, and they just kept leaving the door open, and it's just the same story every week. These guys are tired of saying it, we're tired of writing about it. You guys out there are tired of watching it, but this is who they are, and at this point, at this point as as hard as this is to accept for them, they just need to find a way into the top ten of the draft because this is not going towards the playoffs at all. I think yesterday fully confirmed what we already knew,
2: yeah, they just can't score enough to win. And I believe they they played a fairly clean game. One thing I do want to mention, and shout out to Chap, who's always got the stats, (laughs) um, JT lost his third fumble of the season, which is tied for the league high. And Matt Ryan's also got three lost fumbles, which was before he returned to the starting lineup. But JT's not, you know, absolved from this because he had a catastrophic turnover yesterday. And the only reason it it wasn't talked about more – Zaire. It's because Zaire Franklin like you know basically forced the fumble I believe three plays later on AJ Brown but yeah J- I asked JT about it after the game he's always the last one out and you know typical JT answer you know just got to get down there got to take care of the football but it's those mistakes compounded with not being able to punch it in that you know just make it even harder on a defense that has to play perfect you know I'm talking to Grover Stewart after the game and Again, he's probably the most matter-of-fact, easygoing guy. And, uh, you know, just stopped him on his way out, and he's probably the, the nicest lo- big guy that I would ever stop on his way out of the locker room, because some guys would be like, get out of my way. But he's, I asked him about the play with the you know, fumble recovery, and he's like, man, I just had to get the ball. And then I'm like, okay, but defense, do you all feel like, you know, it? it how hard is it to kind of carry this? And he's just like, you know what? I mean, this you know southern accent you know we gotta do more if we if we you know get more turnovers we, we win the game if we get more stops we win the game and, and I'm like you know what Grover Stewart you're a great teammate because yeah even if I didn't say that I probably wouldn't have like you know went as far as say hey, we got to do more I'd have been like you know hey we're a struggling team we you know three phases got to come together like I don't know because I was thinking to myself like how much more can you do when you hold the third highest you know, rated offense in the league coming in as far as points. And I think it was over 27 points a game. So season low 17 and you still lose. And fittingly, and to your point and to your story and, and Bob's as well, it's like, it was deja vu, literally, because the last time they were at Lucas oil, they lost 17, 16, they had a different head coach, you know, different play caller, different quarterback in there. And it was the same thing. So, I know the defense is kicking themselves for giving up that last drive as they should. I don't think you sh- obviously should let a team go 75 yards, but um, I mean, yeah, if you punch one of these turnovers, you turn one of these turnovers into a touchdown, you give yourself some cushion. Um, Maybe the outcome is different. And then obviously Chase McLaughlin had a missed 50 yard field goal. I'm not killing him for that. I do think you, you know, you'd love for him to make every yeah, single field that,
1: goal. Not, that, that might be the game,
2: but Yeah, it's just those types of things. And Matt Ryan mentioned it. I asked him about it after the game. I was like, man, he's talking about the margin of error. He's like, the margin of error against great teams is very, very small. And I kind of flipped the question on him. And I'm thinking, I asked, okay, well, what's the margin for error for this offense? Because in my eyes, in everyone's eyes, it's not good. You know, you're facing, yeah, you face a great team today. But overall, your team hasn't been good. And he's like... It comes on execution. It can be boring, but we have to execute. We have to be better. And it's like, yeah, we know. And I and I told you this earlier in the season. I feel more uh, convicted, I guess, about it now. They're just not good enough. They're going to tell us all the right things as they should. They're going to say they have to correct some things. They're going to say that they, they have you know correctable mistakes. They really don't. Because at this point, you would have done it. They're just not good enough to do it. And again, no fault of Jeff Saturday. No fault of Parks Frazier. No fault of the defense. It's just a team that has looked flawed from the beginning. Like in week one against Houston, they look like this. Yeah. And then here we are, you know, after, what is it, week 11, and and, and they're still that, that same team. Now, none of us probably could have predicted that at the time, but, yeah, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty, and this team is just a really
0: mediocre, I wouldn't even say mediocre,
2: just a subpar team.
0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: You told me at the start of Sunday that they're going to score a touchdown on the opening drive. The first time they've done that. First time they've scored points on the opening drive since Christmas. So there you go. Checked one off the box. Yeah. For you as a a beat writer, first time you've seen opening drive points. (laughs) Great drive to start. They got Pittman on a third down. They got JT busted one. They finished, they finished, they finished. Seven zip. They had a halftime lead for the second time this season, following last week in Las Vegas. And that's a good point you make. They did this in a different way. They weren't coming from behind. They weren't having to play perfect the rest of the game. But here's the stat that jumps out at me. Six trips inside the Eagles, 35, one touchdown. Six trips inside the 35, one touchdown. Your defense held the Eagles to like what you mentioned, the lowest points they've scored all season. They came in averaging 28, and they're really good. Like you could see the makings of a great offense yesterday. They scored just 17 yesterday, and the Colts still can't find a way to score more than 16 points. They missed one kick, but really it's just that red zone and, you know, red zone extended. Inefficiency, it's just it's just a bad team. Like you said, they they get owned up front more often than not. They can't get anywhere to go for the running back. The quarterback is still limited, right? Like Mm -hmm. we went to we went to Sam Ellinger. We came back to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is still limited. He's still a 37 year old quarterback who, for the most part, can't move and has to get the ball out quick. I still believe he gives them a better chance to win than Sam Ellinger, but he's still limited and they still cannot protect him. They went back to four sacks yesterday. James, how many sacks they've given up this season through 11 games? 40. 40 sacks.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: That is how you lose games in this league unless you have a Lamar or a Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes who did it again last night against the Chargers late, but all right, 5 games to go, 6 games to go. I lost track somewhere. They've got a tough schedule coming up. They do have the Steelers on Monday night at Lucas Oil. The Steelers are not good. Let's let's assume the Colts play well. They could probably win that one. But then it gets really tough. They've got Dallas. They've got the bye. They've got Minnesota. They've got the L.A. Chargers. I keep wanting to say San Diego. <laughs> they've got the Giants. I mean, is this just going to keep repeating itself the rest of the way? They What do they win? Two of these final six, five?
2: Yeah, I would say, because I had them after Jeff said they took over at 5-11-1. So, you know, they got their one-one against the Raiders. They could probably get one or one or two more. Got Houston
1: um, in Week 18.
2: Yeah, and it, it is a fluky season. Like, they could probably win a game they're not supposed to and then lose a game they're
1: you know, they supposed be to They could beat the Giants. They could beat the Chargers. Yeah,
2: or something like that. However, I just – it doesn't change much. Again, it you know, it, it just feels like – if you win a couple, lose a couple and just kind of float around that win loss, um, you know, outcome every week, it just feels like, you know, you're going to be in that no man's land of not being high enough to really draft a franchise changing quarterback. But then also having to face the music of Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. Our team is still pretty flawed. What do we do from here? So I think a lot of this back half of the season will determine just the direction of this team and how quickly they move in that direction. Um, because let's be honest, this was we kind of knew after Matt Ryan took a bunch of hits and was fumbling and stuff like that. Like, there's no way they can bring him back and like actually have him start for next season. Um, I'm not saying it's, not, I think like, everything's on the but table, but
1: I yeah. I just you think that anything out, and I don't think that's a good thing.
2: That's just, I was just going to say that like I'm not saying it's impossible for for him not to be like we you know, have seen in, the
1: impossible happen in the last three weeks yeah so we but I'm better. just saying
2: it would not behoove the franchise I'll put it like that so um I don't know man it's it, it's tough it was again a very weird locker room just from the standpoint of like this didn't feel like and I know unique and mentioned it he's like you know. If we were able to put this one on paper, we had beat the Chiefs, beat the Eagles. You feel differently. They're 500 on the season. They're probably, what, they'd be 5 5 and 1 if they, if they had won yesterday? It's different if they beat but, the Eagles.
1: Yeah. Jeff Saturday's 2 0. It's different. Yeah.
2: But no, he, and, and I didn't put it in my story. And he, you know, he walks out of the locker room and he's talking. I believe some security guard. And he's like, man, dude, I, I played my effing heart out today. Like,
1: he did. You no, know, it's just, it just cold. wasn't,
2: yeah, it just wasn't enough. And that's why I wanted to mention him and as well as Brandon Faison, because Faison... You know he was getting ripped by the fans, ripped by the media, um, and he I played you know, bad. From, he played exactly, bad. and rightfully so. He was not playing well at all. They cut his snaps down after the week three, and you know he had still had limited action yesterday. But in his limited action, he had some some really big plays. You know he he stopped Devonte uh, Smith on a deep ball. Um, he had a you know a, a second down stop after a one yard gain in the third quarter. Then on the very next play, he had another like you know blanket coverage on Devontae Smith. And so he had key plays, and it just seems like, okay, they had a guy step up who normally doesn't, and you still wasted it. And so it wasn't the usual Gilmore trying to save the day. And we talked about that as well. It was like, all right, like, is Gilly going to have to save the day? I thought it was going to be number time? four.
1: Number four game-winning <laughs> pass Oh, my
2: gosh. It's 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 insane. I mean, Rodney McLeod had a pretty big day yesterday as
1: well. He's a stud. That, for me, is the shame of this is – is the defense has had Shaq Leonard, their best player, for 74 snaps all season. Hasn't been a factor except for that one interception that came right to him. And and, and, and I wrote this last night. Lost amid a season. Lost amid this lost season is the dominance of Grover Stewart, the reliability of Bobby O'Karrake, the ascension of Zaire Franklin, the grit of Buckner, who's playing with that bionic arm thing, which can't be comfortable
2: Right.
1: And Gilmore, who's been he's been a Pro Bowl corner, in my opinion. And and all of that, like you said, in addition to and had a great day yesterday. Brandon Faison, you know, he took a lot of heat. He deserves credit when he plays well. The problem is they're asked to play perfect, and they're not a historically great defense, and they're not able to do that. And they're right. just wasting these seasons of these guys. And and like these would be great stories if this team was better on offense. Dyer <laughs> Franklin, the way he showed up and stepped in and really done a great job replacing Shaq Leonard and Bobby O'Karake and 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 Grove and Buck. Like it's just it's lost amid the clutter of this chaotic season that's been undone by an offense that can't score more than 15 points a game every single week. So that's a shame because they've, they've, they've got a lot of talent in different spots on this roster. And they got a lot of guys who are playing really freaking hard. And, and that was my sense late in the locker room yesterday was just like, like, I know I keep hearing tanking and like, I keep hearing like these guys are, they're mailing it in. It's like, no, like, if you would see this, you would, you would see what I see. Like, like Buckner could barely speak yesterday after the game. He was so, he was so ticked off. Like, it's just breaking these guys down that they're giving it everything they have and they're coming up short the same way every single week. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way, but um, Gilmore and Buckner especially stood out to me yesterday. Just how much of a toll this has taken on them.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I saw the same things that you saw. Um, A lot of people just sitting there kind of staring off into the abyss is kind of how I would phrase it. You know, even Matt Ryan, you know, you ask him a question about the offense and he's gotta think, you know, how do I respectfully say that we're not doing our job, you know? So one thing I will say though is that and I don't know if you deserve credit for it as as much as you. you no, know, I'll, I'll say that. They he does, he's he's owned it every single time, right? And I, I bring this up because maybe uh <laughs> Zach Wilson on a tangent should, should maybe take a page out of the Matt Ryan book right. and just say if, like you that don't, from him yeah, if you don't score, you know, you don't just, you know, duck and hide and say, no, it's not our fault. Like, they own it. They know. Um, and much like us, they're probably sick of having to say the same things to a defense that is giving them a chance to win in the NFL. Like, I get it. Like, in theory, you can always do more. In theory, like, the best defense is a shutout. But you're, it's just not going to happen in the NFL when you're playing against guys. And that's what Paris Campbell pointed out. He's like, man, those guys are good, too. Like, all these guys are good. And so it feels like this one, you kind of get off the Jeff Saturday high, the, you know, controversy, so to speak, of of hiring him or whatever. And at this point, you just look at what you have, what's transpired, and realize that nothing um, – Changes as much as it ch- stays the same or vice versa. Let's just, this is a middling team. Um And obviously for Nick Cigarone on the other side, he was pretty happy about the win and pretty hyped up. Yeah. And I think, you know, any of you who saw that clip on social media, you know, he got a little feisty there at the end. Like we're leaving Indy with a win because he was uh, obviously kind of upset about things that happened with Frank Reich, how much he respects him. But I mean, and and I and I get it. Like he's 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 always going to be spicy about things like that. However, if Frank Reich was here, it probably still was going to be a
1: loss. <laughs> maybe yeah, Colt, more... the Colts have the same issues under yeah, Frank Reich, yeah, and we talked yeah. a lot about those. And...
2: Yeah, maybe it's more like you know sentimental for Sirianni, but yeah, I wouldn't he put have too a, much. He have his energy job into right that. now
1: without Frank. And you know, I had an interesting conversation with Sam Ellinger yesterday, who who obviously didn't play, but and I was like, are oh, you guys just getting tired of of these tight games, like? And Sam's like, you know, if you think about it, we've only had two games where we got beat. Jacksonville early, New mm-hmm. England late. And Sam obviously was part of the problem in New England, but he said in in all of those other close losses, it feels like we beat ourselves. We've been I saying that. that. The players mm-hmm. have been saying that. Yeah, and the that fans know that. But this is, this is the problem is, you know, it's not an anomaly if it happens eight times. So, you know, <laughs> this is a team that can't finish in the red zone, that turns the ball over too much that can't step on the throats that was the key quote from stefan gilmore he's like and this dude knows he knows how to win in this league he knows how to win big games super bowls he's like he was pissed he was like look man he's like we should have stepped on their throat and we didn't and that's what it came down to and and they had a couple chances but the most damning was the one late where they had it on the five yard line first and goal able to make it a two score game and the colts did what the colts do they failed they failed in a big moment and that's where they're at and that's really disappointing because I feel like there's a lot that's being overshadowed this season of of good but all we're going to talk about as we move into the offseason is is how do they fix these flaws that have hamstrung them so badly this season
2: yeah and I want to mention to your point uh these flaws you know after Philadelphia scored the go-ahead touchdown on the Jalen Hurts QB draw or whatever it was the ensuing Colts drive really revealed, like, okay, this is the same team. Didn't because go well. the, the protections <laughs> were terrible. And I get it. Like, the Eagles don't score if Zaire Franklin doesn't have, like, a 39-yard pass interference penalty. And Buck, as he said, like, isn't the only guy in the building that doesn't know it's a QB draw or whatever. Like, I get all that. But the ensuing drive, they still have plenty of time to get within field yeah. goal yeah, range they did. They did. and score. But it just felt like – all right, like this charade or, or mask or this, you know, makeup we can kind of put on this thing. It all just came a loose on that last drive. And we were looking like, okay, this, this is the, the team that we're kind of used to seeing can't block um, makes a good play, but then makes three bad ones in a row, um, you know, and just doesn't really have a chance to get anything done. And then you look up again, a 17, 16 loss at, at home, the second straight one at home <laughs> like that. And, yeah, man, that that last drive though, I was like, wow, for 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 a split second there, they might have had a chance to do something. I think they got around to the fifty-yard line, almost. You know, yeah, and then after that, they just went into reverse, and then it was it was over. So, um, yeah, man, it, it it feels like this season is what it is at this point. There's no masking it. There's no amount of uh, coaching changes, quarterback changes. There's nothing else really to do to jumpstart or galvanize or reinvigorate this group because everyone knows even if they don't say it outwardly everyone knows this season is as my sister would say ova over because i mean what else do you have left unless they miraculously went out or something which is not going to happen um no it it just feels like they're going to win a couple games be respectable i don't think they're going to like come out here and just get blown out all of a sudden because they haven't been really been getting blown out all year However, I think that there's going to be just a, re- a repeat of, you know, maybe a couple of close wins some close losses. And you look up and, you know, you got six wins or you got five wins or something like that. Even if you have seven. I don't think you make the playoffs, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And it also doesn't help that, you know, the team, <laughs> the, the Tennessee Titans for whatever reason, find a way to win these games. And so that doesn't help your chances of, of you know how it is. Like when you start slipping, you need help from others. They're not getting it. They're they don't deserve.
1: They don't deserve help right now. But I got <laughs> so a that's couple alright. things.
0: And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on direct TV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsn's varies by zip code and package high speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply
1: yeah like i had a couple interesting conversations i'll share that are kind of pertinent towards what this team is dealing with right now and then moving forward before we wrap this up um you know i was talking to a scout yesterday before the game and he's like you know everyone forgets like we got a lot of talent on this roster and i'm like yeah like you can hang with philly like you've got players if they step up Um, Mm -hmm. And talking to another coach, he said, I I got a really good feeling about today. This is before the game. And I said, why? And he said, because we had our best week of practice all year. And I said, "Okay, we'll see. And they played, man. And and, and this was the question in the back of my mind. Like they came out, they scored that touchdown early. They had the halftime lead. I do think Jeff Saturday has had a positive impact on the mental makeup, the attitude, the juice, whatever you want to say, whatever those intangible sports cliches we lean on. I think they are playing for Jeff Saturday. I think he's a good dude. We'll get into whether he's the coach in the future. But my question in the back of my mind was, how long will that last? Because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what? What's the keyword? Execution. That's what they talked about in the locker room. It's going to come down to execution. And that's where they have consistently failed this year. And I was talking to an NFL scout who's not with the Colts late last night. And I was like, what are they going to have to do to get one of these stud quarterbacks that are coming out? And he said, they're going to have to be in the top 10. You're going to have to be in the top 10. I could be wrong, but I don't think they're in the top 10 right now. I really don't think they are. Maybe they lose some games and climb in. Maybe they have to trade in. But at this point, James, doesn't it feel like all that matters is just getting into this offseason and correcting the wrongs that have plagued you all year? Yeah, there's
2: going to be some hard looks probably at contracts, um, who to resign, who to trade. I think who move. I think
1: there should be. I think yeah. you need to stop thinking the way you've think you've thought the last couple of years. I think you need to completely rethink how you've built this roster, what you value, and I think a new approach is needed.
2: Absolutely and we'll hear more about this as the season goes on. Um obviously we didn't hear from Jim Irsay yesterday um just because it's 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 quite frankly a little, little bit easier to talk, you know, after you get that first Jeff Saturday win, but when you face the Eagles and you lose another heartbreaker, I'm sure he was just as sick as the players.
1: He doesn't um, talk after home games usually. I will say that, to be mm-hmm. fair, he doesn't usually talk after home games. We have a much better chance on road games. For the record.
2: Oh, nice. Well, in that case, maybe you know they 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 go on the road and upset you know Dallas or something like that. But
1: now, if they upset Dallas, he's gonna be talking <laughs> right away. Just so you know, get down there early.
2: But my point is, like you know, Jim, you can give your opinions about you know his decision making this season the stuff that he mandated whatever whatever but there's I mean he's probably just as heartbroken as anybody else as, as far as just how the season has gone because I don't think anybody could have envisioned it going like this you know we were in training camp out there in, in Westfield kind of watching things unfold of course we knew adversity was going to come and I told you that you know as the, as the young reporter I'm like man I'm waiting for the fluff to kind of fall away and to kind of see where we're at but this is crystal clear at this point struggling team that can't score with a pretty good defense and even when they do get takeaways at two yesterday it doesn't matter because to me now and I put it in my story I was like unless they get the takeaways and just run them back for touchdowns
1: I know you need the it defense just doesn't to matter score. that's yeah. the sad part
2: <laughs> and so I mean it's added to the list of things that they have to do um but yeah I mean we'll we'll see how the season plays out the rest of the way but Obviously, it's going to really weigh on these veteran guys because they know like it's less in front of them than what's behind them, and they don't want to waste these seasons. I mean, Buck has been phenomenal this year. Gilmore has looked phenomenal. He's won, you know, three games for him this year. So, and 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 might have could could probably could have won a fourth if it wasn't for a spectacular play by Terry McLaurin against yeah. the Commanders. So, yeah, um, these are the pains of a team that is a. Uh, gonna have to just retool not even retool they're gonna to just rebuild honestly that's kind of how I look at it like if you're gonna try to find your way into the top 10 whether you're drafting there or trading up to get there if you're doing that just go ahead and reevaluate what reevaluate the entire thing because there's no point in trying to keep any of this stuff together with aging players big contracts all this stuff needs to be looked at and you kind of have to face the music and I know Jim Irsay was saying we're not tanking and whatever you don't have to intentionally do it. They're just not good enough to win consistently. So by default, you're probably tanking just because you're one of the worst teams in the league. It's kind of how I look at it. Like they, the only reason they're not worse is because of their defense. But when you are averaging 15.7 points, you're not going to win very many football games at all in the NFL. If you cannot, you know, get in the end zone more than once in games, you're not going to win very much in the NFL. So, um, you know, same old story. That's kind of how we felt afterwards. When we are writing our story just like, all right, Zach, like, what's your angle? James, what's your angle? Same as right, it was a month see, ago. It, exactly. So it wasn't that hard to choose, but it was kind of difficult to kind of figure out, all right, like, where do we even go? What do we even say? Because you all know, we know, it's like take a genius to figure out, you know, what's going on. And I guess the steal line from Jim RSA, you know, we're not building rockets to go to Mars. It, we just know that they're a struggling team.
1: Six games with one touchdown or less. That is the most damning statistic of this season for me. And now it gets real for Jeff Saturday. Um, he comes in, obviously, with a new coach. Usually there's there's some added juice, right? There's a new voice in the room. Jeff Saturday commands respect and deserves respect, and he got it. And they responded to him. I think their play has been a little bit better the last two weeks, certainly better than it was against New England. But now it gets real. And, and this is where you probably miss the fact that he's not a veteran coach and he hasn't been through this before. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. But – Again, Jeff Saturday is not a miracle worker, and he was not going to be brought in to fix this offense. Like It was never going to happen. These flaws are inherent. They're not going anywhere. Anthony Costanzo is not just going to roll out of bed and be the Colts' left tackle next week and be (laughs) perfect for 75 snaps against the Steelers. So they're going nowhere because these flaws are going nowhere. And that's the sad part, as we talked about with the defense and a lot of noble efforts from some guys. Um, it's a poorly constructed team with talent that's being sabotaged by some mistakes. And and well, let's really... add this in
2: Chris Ballard. He's not absolved from this either. Like he's going to have to face the music as oh, well. No. Cause he, he built this team. He bet on, you know, the left tackle position being played by someone who hadn't played it. Um, he bet on inexperience. He bet on a bunch of guys stepping up on that unit and all of them getting it at the same time, which did not happen. And Bob mentioned that in this column. So I don't want to, you know, I know we're kind of tacking on here late at the end, but, you know, getting it in for the buzzer. But he definitely is going to have to look in the mirror. And and, and honestly, um, Jim Irsay and, and the French are going to look at, OK, do we keep him around as well? I know he mentioned to us in the press conference that, you know, he's still here. He's our guy, whatever, whatever. That all sounds good until you start losing games and you realize a lot of the reason you're losing these games is because your team isn't built to win in the modern NFL. Um, so yeah, that's one guy I definitely think cannot, you know, I guess escape, you know, the criticism, if we're going to criticize a lot of other things that have happened with this team, we keep talking about the way the team is flawed. It's flawed in large part because you built it that way.
1: Absolutely. And the music's going to come. The music will come in January after this is mercifully over. And Chris Bow is going to have to answer questions. And he was a little combative, a little um feisty with us the last time we got to talk to him which was the night Jeff Saturday was hired which was not a move he wanted to make so um absolutely that's gonna come that's gonna come and Jim Mercer is gonna have to decide whether he wants to continue on with his GM who's been here for six seasons has made a lot of good draft picks but has had some indefensible whiffs in the last couple years that have hurt this team none bigger as you mentioned James than the left tackle position this year it has just completely hamstrung them but also the regression of some other players has been notable. And 78 comes to mind. Ryan Kelly just hasn't been the same player. Yeah. But that's where the Colts are at. If you came here for a jolt of optimism, we don't have it. We got to keep it real with you guys. I think you know that. It would be a disservice to you guys, the fans, if we tried to sugarcoat what was going on with this team. we got a long way to go. Six games left. They're 4-6-1. and one. Some good matchups, some good teams. The Colts will at least get to see some playoff teams down the line. Chargers will be fun at home. Dallas rolled yesterday. Minnesota's in the NFC playoff picture. But for James Boyd, I'm Zach Kiefer. The Colts are 4-6-1. We've got a little bit of a long holiday weekend. The Colts are next up Monday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium. This is 1% Better, and we will catch up with you guys next week.